Hi all, it's Belle here with Bippity Boppity Boss and I'm so excited to have another wonderful episode here with you and I'm thrilled to introduce a new guest, Blue. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi everyone, I'm Blue. Uh, I'm a business astrologer and I help entrepreneurs to bring astrology into their business strategy so that they can plan, grow, and scale. Um yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm trying to think of like fun facts on the spot. So I am, oh, I can get into my big three actually. So I'm a Leo rising, a Pisces sun, eighth house Pisces sun, and a Virgo moon. So yeah. I love that. And I found out that Blue and I have something in common. We both love Avatar The Last Airbender. So, Blue, if you were in the Avatar universe, what kind of bender would you be? Okay, so it's so funny when you ask this question. Immediately, I was like, I'd be a bloodbender. <laughs> but I would definitely be a waterbender because um, I just, yeah, I feel like that's such the Pisces influence, too. Like, I love the water and just, I always found the waterbenders to be, like, the most versatile benders. Even though I feel like if you were a bender, period, you have to be like really creative to be able to use it and to be like really skilled, you know, but I feel like with water, like there's so many and Katara does a really good job of like showcasing that. But like there's so much versatility in what you can do. You can create ice, you can create like structures out the ice, you can bend like liquidy elements as long as there's water in them. Like there's so many cool things that you could do with it. So, yeah, hands down water bender. What about you? Wait, that's amazing. I would be torn between <laughs> a firebender or an airbender. Ooh. Only because on the outside, I have a lot of air elements. Like I have my Libra sun and my Gemini moon. But on the inside, I have my Mars and Aries and my mm -hmm. Venus and Leo. So I'm literally like a walking <laughs> wildfire. So much air, so much fire. And Zuko, he just has like the best redemption arc literally ever. ever. Right? Zuko, so, so good. good. Yeah, like I'm currently like rewatching it and just like very casually. And it's just so interesting seeing it from the beginning again. I'm like, wow, he really came a long way because that first season Zuko, he was not hitting like third season Zuko was <laughs> at all. Absolutely. And I feel like we all need an Uncle Iroh in our lives. Yes. Yes, definitely. Speaking of Uncle Iroh, has there anyone who has been like a mentor or a spiritual leader in your life that has helped you throughout your spiritual and wellness journey? Hmm, that's a really good question. I I feel like I'm influenced by so many different people and I get a lot of inspiration actually for my work outside of astrology. So outside of like, you know, I study, uh, I follow traditional astrology and like outside of like doing research and stuff, I find that I gravitate a lot towards like other fields. So like I get really inspired by watching like creatives. I don't have like an artistic like bone in my body. I draw like stick figures, but <laughs> I love like following people that literally make like visual art for a living and like learning about the creative process. And I find that to really influence a lot of how I practice and express and even like talk about astrology with my clients and stuff. And even through my content, like I just, 
yeah, I feel like that is more of like an influence and like nature and just like non-human guides, I guess, (laughs) more so than like individual teachers. So Blue, tell us a little bit more about why you went into business astrology. Yeah, so I... I've always loved astrology. I know, I feel like everybody always says that, but I really have. Like, I remember growing up, so me and my maternal grandmother are actually born on the same day. And so, yeah. Wait, what does that mean when you're born on the same day? Does that mean you're very similar? Um, I... I don't know. We've always had a really close bond. So I just remember growing up, like, I would spend, like, six weeks out the summer with her and just, like, it was always just, like, a fun, magical time together. (laughs) Um, But she was actually my first introduction into astrology. I remember I was at her house one day and she just had, like, a bunch of witchy books on her bookshelf. And I was just like, I'm bored. I'm going to start reading some of these. And that led to adventures to the crystal shop and like, you know, just the fun little gateway into all the witchy things. And I always explored astrology in that way. It was always like a very, um, like a very traditionally occult thing. It was something that I was very private about and like something that I did like for fun. You know, it went from reading the books, learning about like the very basics, teaching myself how to read the chart. I didn't even really know that that was a thing at that point. Um, And then leading into literally reading my horoscope every day in the newspaper. And it's so funny because like growing up now, like and teaching this and like doing astrology with clients, it's like little things that I intuitively picked up on. So like, for example, with horoscopes, right? Like it, it's more you're more so meant to read your horoscopes from your rising sign rather than your sun sign because they are written to be like very generalized. Right. And I always like, it's just so interesting because I intuitively like did that. I would always read it for Leo, but I would never really read it for Pisces. And I never knew why, like nobody really told me, but I always just had this intuitive leaning and teaching style into like learning about the history and the process of it all. So I, you know, fast forward like a few years later and like my career has always been very like disparate. (laughs) I don't know. It's always been like I just stumbled into the careers that I've done. Like I've been a freelance writer. I've been a sex educator. um, I've been a business coach. Like I've done all these different things. And with my last business, um, I had a really bad burnout. And when I was going through that, literally had to just like start over from scratch. And the one thing that made such a huge difference is that I went back to my birth chart. I literally spent time just like sitting with my own chart and like studying it and processing it and looking at all the different things that it had to tell me. And it felt like something clicked. So like instead of reaching for other people's strategies, other people telling me like what I should do and how to kind of you know, start over again. Instead, I went within and it was almost like I was like supporting myself (laughs) to get out of the stage and like into this new, this new venture, this new stage of like my life and my business. And I was just like, wow, every business owner specifically needs to have this because especially if we're getting if anybody is getting to the point where they feel like they are close to burnout, right? Like this prevents it instead of 
feeling like we have to follow some other person's process or some other person's way of like definition of success. I'm like, if every business owner had the ability to just like be able to see the blueprint in their own chart, like how empowering would that be? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to like do that (laughs) because if I desire it, I just always assume that if I want it, if I desire it, other people do too. And that's how I led into becoming a business astrologer and starting to do readings and working with clients to do exactly that, to bring the magic that's within their their unique um, birth chart and bring that into their business strategy alongside all the practical stuff of like how to create offers, how to market, how to sell, doing all that from the lens of like what you are specifically best at. I love that, Blue. And how could managers use business astrology to create more collaborative teams, especially when you're thinking about sister signs and signs that Mm -hmm. align really well together? I'd love to hear your approach. Yeah, there's so many there's so many different ways that you can apply astrology. And that's like one of the things I love, like I'm constantly learning about it and even integrating it um, alongside other systems too. So like, for example, if you wanted to just focus on astrology, you could totally do that. You can do like different charts that bring together, you know, the synastries between like two or more people, like bringing together an organization. You could also integrate it alongside human design too, which I think is a very natural like extension of Um, what astrology is here to teach us. And like the way that I kind of approach it is like astrology can illuminate like the best path forward. And then human design can bring in the practical steps of like making that happen. So like bringing forward, okay, like how am I actually best designed to like work and to like take the action steps? Like what does that look like for me with my particular human design chart alongside the the birth chart but yeah for managers especially too I think it's really important to understand like how the ways that people's strengths kind of like work together and even when there's like challenging aspects I don't believe that there's such a thing as like a bad like placement or a bad aspect it's just like a invitation to like think of how to work differently you know working with like working with the energy in a different way to create success, however we're um, defining it. Quite fascinating, Blue. And are there any differences in the way that you would approach astrology from a personal level versus a business level? Yeah. Um, So I work mostly with clients who are their business. They are their brand. So most of the time, we actually don't even really look at the business chart if I'm being honest it's almost like the business chart is a happy bonus and instead we spend a lot of time learning how to work with the energy of the individual's unique chart and that's honestly like more than enough because you can totally do really great work within business astrology just by having someone's personal chart the business chart does add this added nuance because then you can draw in the unique energy that is from your business and look at, okay, like what are the things that your business wants to draw out? How like does this energy want to be expressed? And like how does this connect to your personal strengths, to the unique way that you're here to like express yourself? Um, And I think that that can 
actually help if there's you know maybe somebody that's feeling like there's a lot of friction between them like how they want to personally express themselves in their business or they like very intentionally want to have a business that is separate from their identity like they don't want to build a business from their personal brand per se it may be more helpful to look at the business chart versus your personal chart but yeah I always like starting with the personal chart though just because I feel like at the end of the day like the business is going to be an extension of you so understanding your unique energy first always sets like a really amazing foundation for everything else hey right on would you be able to share an example I would love to hear it (laughs) in action I'm sure everyone else would as well of course (laughs) so let me think um I wish I had the chart of my last business actually because I feel like that would have been like the perfect example (laughs) um but yeah I guess I can just use like myself um as an example as well so like I mentioned before I'm a Leo rising um and my I'm going to try and break this down (laughs) as simply as possible so like folks can follow along. So one of the things that I really like to focus on is first looking at, okay, where is the chart ruler, right, in a chart? So every zodiac sign that we have, everyone has 12 signs and everyone has 12 houses within the birth chart. So each sign is ruled by a different planet within... um, is ruled by a different planet. And because I follow traditional astrology, I mainly focus on the sun through Saturn and the outer planets. So Neptune, Uranus, um, and Pluto, those are more for like, if I'm doing like trend forecasting, or if I'm looking at something that's affecting um, the collective as a whole, but most of the time I'm focusing a lot of my work around the sun through Saturn. So the traditional planets um, will follow that they'll follow the sun through Saturn. (laughs) So for Leo, for example, right, my chart ruler, the planet that is going to have the, like the deepest influence in my chart is going to be my sun because Leo is ruled by the sun. (laughs) So my sun in the chart is in the eighth house in Pisces. So for me, like this really, like something just clicked even just with that, because I'm like, all right, the eighth house, it's, the house of the occult of the things that are like often hidden away that are done in secrets, <laughs> not necessarily bad or like um, evil per se, but it's more just like it's comfortable being in the dark. It's comfortable being done away from the public eye. And with it being on Pisces too, Pisces is a sign that's all about like depth and exploration and, uncovering what is underneath the surface so I feel like that just pairs really beautifully with like being an astrologer and even with like my previous careers too like being a sex educator like that's that's just like screaming eighth house shenanigans (laughs) and then I also have my mercury here and mercury is um, a planet of communication commerce um, and the sharing of ideas too so doing naturally a lot of teaching a lot of sharing and even when I was just like a sex educator or a coach or even when I was a freelance writer way way back in the day like all this I'm like this is so like on the nose like (laughs) It's so funny. It's so on a nose. Um, So yeah. And then I also, within my work, I focus a lot on the midheaven. I like the midheaven is probably my favorite placement in the chart. Um, So the midheaven or the MC, it is 
the highest point in your chart. And the way that I like to explain it is that it doesn't define your career, but it is like the point in your chart that showcases your legacy energy. So while it doesn't explain like by itself, like what your career is going to be, that's more of like a culmination of a bunch of different placements. The Midheaven can point to what your overall legacy is going to be, like your reputation, how other people are going to be receiving your energy when you enter a space and like very particularly when you leave a space. So like physically, like when we all pass away, but also like if you like energetically leave a space, right? For business owners, this is really an important um, placement because this showcases like how we can start to like ease it easily like step into success because this is already how other people are perceiving us even if there's like a disconnect with like oh I don't necessarily see myself this way other people are going to resonate and pick up that energy from us even if we don't all right super interesting about the midheaven stuff my midheaven is in Aries and someone told me that it actually means that I'd be a natural born entrepreneur. What are your thoughts on that? I also had my Akashic records read a couple times and one of the readers said that my one of my past lives was actually <laughs> that I was a Roman general in the Roman oh. Empire and that I was one of the most prolific okay, military yeah. masterminds of the world. I'm all like love and light now, but... What are your thoughts on that? And do your Akashic records have any bearing on your current birth chart? Mm, uh, I want to dig into the Akashic records question first a little bit. I Because I actually haven't spent like that much time digging into it. Like I know the very like basics of it. Um, but I haven't like explored mine, like really dove into like what that looks like. But I think that there's like... <clears throat> I think there's a real like beauty in uncovering like the skills that come naturally to us or what we have already like experienced in bringing that information and bringing that knowledge and awareness into what it is that we're doing now. And it almost reminds me of like the energy of the nodes, right? The North node and the South node and the South node in particular will be often the energy of like what we have already accomplished. It's the energy of like what we are most comfortable with because it often points to what we have already accomplished or achieved in a previous life, right? So often where the South Node falls in a chart, this is usually an area of life for the individual that like you feel very comfortable with. So like, for example, in my chart, I have a South Node in Gemini. Gemini is also ruled by Mercury. So it's a sign that's like very comfortable in sharing ideas and teaching in writing and commerce and those things and it's in the 11th house which is the house of community of community building large social media networks um, but really making like um connections and creating for the good of all whereas now my focus in this lifetime my north node is in the fifth house in sagittarius so the focus is more so on like okay I've learned enough. <laughs> like, a, this is a major lesson that, like, I'm I'm here to learn, right? That, like, I've learned enough. I don't need to study anymore. I don't, even though I'm very comfortable with that. And it's more so time for me to 
share this information and share it for like my own, like, because I want to, right? Not necessarily because it's going to benefit the greater collective, but by me embracing my own desires, like that is going to help the collective way more than like holding back and waiting to like, I don't know, be selfless in that way. So I actually have your chart pulled up so we can use yours as an example as well. Let me see, where is, where is it? Here we go. So your North Node is actually in the ninth house in Pisces. And then your South Node is going to be in the third house. Um, yeah, it's going to be in the third house of Virgo. So, ooh, wow. That's so interesting. <laughs> well, I say that because, you know, right now we have Saturn is in Pisces right now, too. So, like, Wait, that's a lot. Wait, what does that mean? <laughs> I know there's so much. There's so much. So you're you're probably feeling like a lot of activity going on right now in your Pisces house in the ninth house um, because we have a major transit that's happening for everyone with Saturn. Saturn is like the timekeeper in the Zodiac. So this is like the planet that governs over rules, regulations, restrictions. Um, and Saturn actually just went direct. So there's probably in the last like few weeks or so, like you're probably feeling like a release that's happening. Things feel a little bit easier in like this ninth house of your chart. And the ninth house and the third house, they both rule over communication, um, communication and communities, right? So the ninth house points more towards travel, um, global communities. This is like teaching in a, um, if you're familiar with Latero, in like a hierophant sense. Um, yeah, so very like, um, it's also connected to like religion and yeah, like teaching in like, teaching to a collective, like being a leader within your community space. Whereas the third house, this is more of like um, communication within like short form um so like one-to-one versus one-to-many communication this is also community so like tight-knit more like closed um intimate community spaces siblings um things like that and the ninth house also represents travel as well so like there's a lot of really fun stuff that's like happening between those two houses and with them both being the houses that hold your North and your South node energy as well. Like I can imagine. And they're also sister signs as well. So like there's this really like flowing energy between like the comfort that you feel in like being in smaller community spaces versus like stretching out and like expanding into the world. Right. So that's my like little interpretation of that. <laughs> but it's really fun to like explore the North and the South node and really digging into like, again, what are the skills and things that I'm here to teach? And like, we're not meant to abandon the energy of the South node completely. I think that the best use for both the nodes is to bring all of them into what it is that we're here to do and what like excites us right now um, and finding a balance between the two utilizing the two en energies right um, and bringing them together to work together rather than choosing one or the other to focus on so intriguing thank you so much for sharing all those insights blue <laughs> i believe i also heard that the north node is like what you're meant to heal in this lifetime what are your thoughts on that yeah like the north node it's so 
it is really fascinating depending on especially like what school of like astrology you're following as well like I think um even though I use and I follow tropical astrology like sidereal and Vedic astrology is real like has such a rich history and especially if you're somebody that's like listening and you're also fascinated with the nodes I recommend like doing your own studying with all of this stuff um but definitely digging into Vedic astrology and how they explore the nodes as well because it I think really encapsulates like a more balanced way of looking at it than sometimes traditional astrology can like and especially like pop astrology like you know astrology that you'll find like scrolling on TikTok or like Instagram or whatever can like showcase but yeah again like I don't think that either either energy nothing in your chart is like by accident so like nothing is there by like mistake right it's all there very purposefully and it all plays a role so there's nothing that's like insignificant within your birth chart or like meant to just be thrown away so I think yeah like there is a sense of healing that can definitely happen with all placements and this will definitely change depending on like where you have your placements what's like next to each other and like what the relationships between the signs and the stars and the planets are all actually saying But (laughs) as a general rule, right, like the North Node can be energy that like we are uncomfortable with. It's meant to stretch us. It's meant to like bring us out of the comfort zone that is where the South Node is so that we can grow, we can evolve, we can step into a new version of ourselves. Um, And like relating this back to the Midheaven as well, too, like I, I do... I do um, business blueprint readings and for some of my clients in these readings, we'll explore just like the midheaven placement. Like people will just be like, Blue, I just want to look into my midheaven and like integrate that into my business, right? Because so often there's this feeling of disconnect between the midheaven energy. Like they just feel like I just don't connect to this part of my chart at all. But like, how do I actually do that? And one of the ways that we do that is by healing this part of the chart right again it's we all have 12 houses and we all have 12 signs in our chart so everyone has all of these energies already within their own chart so it's like yeah like reintroducing yourself to this energy whether it's a north node or the midheaven or any other placement that kind of feels like sticky or prickly or just like uncomfortable for you because you just haven't sat with it for a while and like gotten to know it right even if it's just introducing yourself to this part of your chart or taking that step further and thinking about okay how can I integrate it with maybe the placements that do feel really comfortable for me to be in whether it's like your sun sign or your moon sign or any other placement in your chart that's just like easier for you to integrate with like I think having that approach makes it a lot easier to see the chart as a whole versus like oh I just don't relate to this part so I'm just gonna check it on over here (laughs) yeah I'm just gonna leave it behind which is like no like we need we need all of it yeah it's there for a reason I love that blue tell me a little (laughs) bit more about the Mars and Venus placements and they how they would relate to business I've heard that Mars is what you are most passionate about and Venus is often correlated with love but don't you want to love yeah (laughs) What's your take on that? Yeah, well, in well, in traditional astrology and business astrology, Venus is actually a really important planet. I just did 
um, a post in an email about Libra. At the time of this recording, Libra just went into, uh, or Venus just went into Libra, conjunct um, the South Node. So I just wrote about that because I'm like, yeah, if you're a business owner, like you should be paying attention to this because <laughs> Venus actually does rule like, yes, love, aesthetics, re- relationships, but it also rules money, right? So for many of us, like this is a time where we're like, especially with a conjunct the South Node, this is a really good time to reevaluate our relationship to money, to commerce, maybe how we're using our resources, right? And actually creating beauty Um, by transmuting those harder, challenging emotions, right? If we're experiencing, especially right now, a lot of grief, a lot of frustration, sadness, like Venus is a really great planet to work with to encourage us to like use that for something (laughs) rather than to just sit with it, right? And something that I also bring into my sessions and stuff, especially for my clients that have Venus ruled midheaven. So if your midheaven is in Taurus or in Libra, um, Venus is especially going to be an important planet for you because it's going to be the planet that rules your midheaven sign. Um, But yeah, so whenever like Venus is in these signs, it's already at home. It's very comfortable there. Um, But this is also a time that it's encouraging us to step into using this energy for for that for that reason right like using using our leadership and using our power and our energy to step into showcasing how we can create beauty in the world and leading with that and beauty also doesn't have to be just aesthetics it can also be like the ease of doing something so like as business owners right like we're problem solving all day long (laughs) and Something can be beautiful in just the sense of like helping people to realize just how easy the process can be going from point A to point B or by working with us, right? Like, wow, you, I don't have to work so hard. I don't have to like go through all these challenges. It can really just be a simpler process, right? I can take an easier route. Like there's something that's really beautiful with that, that I think, especially if you have a Venus rule midheaven, like this is a skill set and this is like a gift that you naturally have that you can like bring forward. Right. Um, and then in Mars too, I almost forgot the other planet. (laughs) So Mars is also really important for everyone in general, but especially if you have, um, business because Mars is all about action. It is really that like forward, like I I don't really, you know, focus on like gendering, (laughs) gendering energy but it is like masculine energy right so it is like the the like doing planet um that's in the sky so this is like really great energy to work with if you're somebody that feels like you kind of struggle with like feeling motivated feeling like I can get something done or like even struggle with feeling like productive working with and healing your Mars can be so powerful for this um and also a really great like leadership planet so actually, Belle, in your chart, something that I noticed too, you're, so you're in Aries Midheaven, right? And your Aries Midheaven is in the 10th house, which is great. Most people, like, the, I feel like the most common place to have your Midheaven placement is the 10th house. But what's really interesting is Aries is ruled by Mars traditionally. Where is Mars in your chart? Conjunct 
your midheaven in the 10th house. They're sitting like right next to each other. They're besties. They're besties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so right off the bat, that already tells me like you like already have an innate sense of like your own leadership aspect. So this is what I mean by like there having to be like nuance within your chart and like, yes, like resources like this podcast and like books and stuff. And like even looking at TikToks, like that it can be really helpful to get you started, but looking at your own chart helps you to get a deeper nuance to all of this, right? So whenever you're looking within your chart, right, the first thing that you want to do, especially for your chart rule, your ascendant, um, the planet that rules over your ascendant and the planet that rules your midheaven, finding where that is in your chart can already give you so much information, as to how to start using your birth chart in business astrology and bringing it into your business strategy. So by having your midheaven ruler in the same house as your midheaven, that already like indicates like you have a really strong relationship to this. You already have those innate leadership qualities and Aries Aries is all about being the first. It's all about being the leader. Aries doesn't wait for other people to go first because Aries just does, right? It is the first sign in the Zodiac. It's the Ram. It's... Wait, I love this energy. Such a it's vibe. that one. <laughs> so yeah, this is like an excellent placement to have, like regardless of whatever um, sign or house that Aries is in, in your chart that's listening. <laughs> um, this is like fantastic energy to work with, but already having a, like having an Aries midheaven with Mars conjunct it, like it, it wouldn't surprise me that like, if you don't struggle with like feeling motivated and like getting started, but I would even imagine too, like maybe there's some, like, I don't know, some friction around that. Like if, I don't know, if you feel like kind of weird about that, like, oh, like I'm looking around and people aren't like, as motivated as me for example or like they're not doing stuff as me like that makes so much sense don't even worry about it because you're meant to go first like that's just it you're meant to go first and like the people that are going to connect with you because there's already like so many people in your community so like you're doing all the things right just like keep doing you and like don't even worry about it I love that, Blue, and you're gonna find this really interesting because you love seeing the connective tissue but According to human design, my energy is the manifester energy. So I feel like that really aligns. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And for like the Enneagram, I am the eight with seven wing. So it's like that nonconformist okay. energy vibe. For me, I always struggled with authority as a kid. And I've mm-hmm. always felt the need to forge my own path. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. <laughs> And you don't need that. Yeah. So what I love too about all these different systems, because I'm not like necessarily a systems purist, I think they all, they all tell us the same information. (laughs) It's just like finding the one that connects for you. For some people, like they really jam with human design, Enneagram, um, Myers-Briggs, like the system doesn't matter as long as you get the information. You know what I mean? But like, especially when you can like start to connect those dots, as soon as you say you're a manifester, I'm like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that tracks right so i use like the video game analogy when explaining this to a friend where if you have a character a player in a game and that person's a manifester the manifester would have like a really amazing 
power move, but when they make their move, it also really drains their HP at the same time, and they have like 10% life left. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a really beautiful way of explaining it. And like just being like a non sacral um, energy type, being a manifester, projector, reflector. Um, yeah, that totally tracks. It's like, okay, now when the social battery hits like red, and then you have to like go home and recharge. Yeah. <laughs> And I am an INFJ in Myers-Briggs, so I have, like, that Atticus Finch energy where I'm totally comfortable with being in front of a crowd, but I really am, like, an introvert at heart. Like, I just love being in my own energy. Uh, Yeah, me on a regular basis. Do you know my – have I told you what my um, human design type is? No, tell us. What is it? Um, So I'm a reflector. What? That's so rare. That's amazing. Yeah. I the first time that I pulled up my human design chart, I thought the site was broken because none of when you're a reflector, you have no defined centers. And I was like, oh my god, mine is broken. Um, it's all white. Let me so I ran it like three times, <laughs> and they all came back. Obviously, like everything was fine. It wasn't broken, but I was just like, wow, nothing's defined. Um, but I do have open um centers, so I have defined gates. Um, I don't have any undefined centers, actually. But yeah, but I don't have any defined centers. It's all white or um, gray if I pull it up in a chart. And like, it took me a really long time to just like learn how to work with my own energy because yeah, like people are so... (sighs) One of my gripes with the human design um, space is that I think there just isn't enough resources about reflectors. And I think a lot of folks kind of stop themselves from getting to know us and like getting to understand our energy because they just assume like, well, you're so rare. It's like, sometimes the energy is like, what's the point? And I'm like, well, (laughs) 1% of the population is still like millions of people, y'all. Like (laughs) we're still, yeah, it's still important. Absolutely. So, and, and we're all like needed. Like all five of the human design types like play a role in the collective, right? And as a reflector, like, no, I'm not here to like create. And this is it, it took me such a long time to realize this that my role is best served when I can just be invited to share my wisdom. When I can like sit back, observe what's going on, right? Do my thing. And especially as a two four profile, like I'm just like doing my own thing in my little corner and that's my happy place (laughs) and then I share that and then I get like beautiful little invites like this podcast to like come on and like share what it is I'm observing and I don't worry about people who maybe don't feel that connection I'm just here to share the message the people that like get it they'll get it and like I trust that right and I don't spend my time worrying about the people that won't get it or worrying about like people that won't understand me or like think my process is weird or I'm just like here to embrace the fact that like I'm meant to do things differently and it's it's all by design like it's all like perfect just the way that it is um and I'm designed perfect the way that I am (laughs) yeah well, everything about you is beautiful, oh, especially down to every cell in your body and your beautiful soul. And I know everything you're saying right now is yeah. resonating so much with the audience. And I'm just so excited for you to continue to share your gift with the world. Thank you. But you know, what? I will say too, like learning how to work with this energy and like 
finding the spaces, especially like within a social media landscape has been so helpful. Like I love podcasting because I can literally do exactly that. I can share the message and like it will reach the exact people that are looking for it and that want to hear it. Right. Versus if I make like a video um, or like if I try to go live, like do a live stream or make like a TikTok video, it just doesn't like resonate in the same way for me. And it's very like energy draining. But like, I love being on threads. I love making podcasts and like blog posts, right? Because I can just, I can work with my sacral energy when it hits. I can schedule it out. I can create my own consistency with that. And then I can go back to doing my own thing. And like people can like find it as they want to like, in when they're in the mood and when they're ready for that information and I just find that that works like so much better for me than like trying to push it out and like market or like create content in the same way as like energy types you know well that's magical and I'd love for you to tell us where people can find you how can we reach you blue (laughs) So if you want to listen to my podcast, um, my show is called Strategic Magic, and I talk a lot more about how to bring the magic of astrology and other esoteric systems into your business strategy. And that is available on all all the platforms and all the things. And then I also have um, my esoteric wealth email list. And this is probably like the best way to connect with me. I like to explain the email list is kind of like... um, like a membership that goes straight to your inbox. (laughs) So here I really like dig into like astrology and bringing that into your business strategy. So between those two things, like those are the absolute best places to find me, hang out with me, connect with me and like learn how to work with me um, as your private astrologer as well. Amazing. Well, I will definitely subscribe and support Blue and I encourage all of you to subscribe as well. But before we wrap, Blue... Why don't you give us some actionable advice for anyone who's just starting out? Oh, I love that. Okay. So first of all, I would say embrace what you're naturally called to for sure. Like don't try to like follow what everyone else is doing. Like the things that you are naturally pulled to, like follow that, follow your curiosity, connect with that because it's leading you in the right direction. I would also say spend time with your birth chart or pay someone to like interpret your birth chart for you and just like treasure and go back to that recording. Like I feel like if you went out and found one astrologer that you really connected with and like got a really in-depth reading, like that is so valuable. Um, But yeah, like spending actual time with your entire birth chart, not just downloading CoStar. I hate CoStar (laughs) so much, but like it, what? Coasts are so toxic, isn't it? It is. It's also inaccurate. <laughs> it's just like it's a tear. I I really don't like it. But yeah, if you're if you are going to pull up your birth chart, um, I recommend just going on astro.com or using AstroSeek. AstroSeek's actually a really good resource too. But yeah, one of those sites over any kind of like astrology app um, is going to be a whole lot better. But yeah, just like spending time getting to know your birth chart. And even if you just focus on like your sun, your moon and your rising sign or your ascendant sign, like that can teach you so much. Um, And actually learning how to bring that energy into what it is that you want to do, right? Learning that 
you're a Pisces sun and like you want to be a business owner, like don't let that stop you, but like learn how to work with that energy so that you can create success on your own terms rather than like feeling like you have to copy someone else's blueprint to success because you already have your own. Um, So yeah, those are my like biggest takeaways. Well, Boo, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was so wonderful getting to know you. Thank you so much for inviting me. This was so fun. Till next time. Bye, all.